So the delegate kept rejecting them because he's like, this person isn't good enough. Being choosy is really key, especially for launching a company. So it took her an entire year to hire her head of tech. This is more about relationships because you're trying to find the right chemistry and the right talent. Welcome to Talking of Business, everybody. We're revamping the the way that we're doing things here. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, my dad, Russell Disberger, and uh, I'm Jordan Disberger. We both own our own companies. And with this new format, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into an existing company and try to find a point in their business that we can kind of uh, years back. So today we're, we're going to take a look at a company that was founded in 2012. And whether they're alive today or not, we will determine shortly. Um, but I went back and I did research on this company and I paused at year 2014. And I began supplying my dad with some data. And the goal is going to be to kind of discuss at this stage in, in the business business, what, what strategies would, uh, would, would my dad recommend for this business? And then what we'll do is I will remove the veil and I will reveal the, the company and I will review the strategy that they uh, did execute and compare and contrast that to what my dad comes up with. And then uh, hopefully that'll be entertaining for you all. And, and, and I have no idea the company. And so during the process, I'm going to ask Jordan a lot of questions. Uh, and I've been doing this since 1991. And so 2012 is not that long ago for me. Uh, some of the things that I'm thinking and why, which hopefully to the listener, uh, to you, the listener, you might be able to apply to your business or a situation you're in. I, I think that's great. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to dive into uh, the company. And uh, I, I sent my dad a series of texts um, to kind of let him think about this company over this past week. And so I'm going to share kind of that text thread that, that we discussed and then use that to kick off our conversation. So I wrote to my dad, the year is 2014. This company has been in business for one year. It's actually two years. C could be one to two years. Anyway, th they offer website software that allows individuals and businesses of all sizes to utilize easy to use tools to help them create marketing content. They have amassed 750,000 users. And I told you at the time, dad, that some of them were paid. No, that is not the case. They are all free. It is entirely loss leaders at this point um, to, to your next text comment. The company would like to make steps toward reaching profitability. They have a plan in mind, and their plan in mind would be to uh, eventually have a paid version for, for this uh, digital software. And then I said, what would you advise them to do in this situation? What questions would you want answers to? Feel free to ask me. And then uh, I told him, that by marketing content, I mean by creating marketing materials, posters, graphics, social media, content for events, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then you asked if they were lost leaders, if that's what the 750,000 users were. And I said, yes. You asked me how many people at this point worked for the company. And I told you 25. And then you asked if they were self-funded and they, they were funded by uh, an angel investor uh, out of 
um, California out of Silicon Valley, and they were given a, a an allowance from the Australian government. And this was something interesting that uh, I read uh, or I, I watched in the interview is that, and you would know this with your experience in uh, venture capitalism, dad, but most venture capitalists or the company as a whole don't go 25 miles outside on average outside of where they live into the companies that they invest with. And so this company in Australia. This, but then you want to explain why? I, I actually don't know why. So you should explain why. Well, so you you want to be able to visit and provide guidance. And if it's too, too far away, uh, seeing and feeling the tangible components of the company and or to sit in on a board meeting, uh, you, you want to feel connected and and greatly involved. If you're just if they're not an absentee investor, most VCs are not. Nope, that 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 does make sense. And then I told you one conflict that, that I read in an article was that the uh, COO is one of the co-founders boyfriends. Um, and the initial team took a long time to assemble. And that was another thing in the interview that I that I thought was interesting was the angel investor out of uh, California said, I will invest with you if you get a tech team together. And then he delegated someone to oversee her assembling the tech team um, and to just kind of help her vet uh, who she was going to hire. And so it took her an entire year to hire her head of tech, her her head engineer. Um, and that head engineer, from, from everything that I've read, ended up becoming the co-founder of this company as well. And so that's one aspect that that I'd like to um, to, to touch on, Dad, here that, that I think would be helpful to uh, someone who's in a startup phase and looking for talent. Uh, this angel investor, their their d- delegate, kept rejecting the this lead tech uh, position. Uh, the, the original founder who went to go ask for the money, she uh, she she was interviewing or, or asking all the engineers around her to apply. It took them a year to hire this head of technology, the head engineer for this company, who ended up becoming the co-founder. And the delegate kept rejecting people. So the the original co-founder, very young woman, um, who 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 was seeking this uh, this large investment from the angel investor. Again, th- there's a bit of uh, of her being naive. Uh, the fact that she ran into this angel investor is also a story on its own. Now, is it an angel investor or a VC? Th- this one's an angel investor. Yeah. Can you I- tell me the size of the investment? About 1.4, 1.6 million. Anyway. So she ran into him by happenstance at a conference and uh, they talked for five minutes and she like boilerplate 30 second talked about her idea. And he's like, if you're ever in California, uh, I'll meet with you. Um, And so they ended up meeting. Um, She was in the area. Anyway, that's beside the point. So the one aspect that I'd like to, to talk about here, it's kind of going back before 2014, where they got 750,000 um, uh, users on their site. But I want to talk about finding that 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 perfect employee. So the delegate kept rejecting them because he's like, this person isn't good enough. And so that sounds bad. 
especially in today's world. But th- there are people who are just not a good fit. Maybe maybe the person that they were looking for, you know, was like, okay, I'm only going to work 40 hours a week, or they weren't super passionate about the idea, or maybe you know they just didn't have the skill set necessary. And I know that you are are pretty stingy when it comes to hiring the right people, and you focus on behaviors. But with something that that's this important, it took her a whole year to find this individual. And maybe, you know, she was waiting for the right person to apply. But how can one, you go about attracting that right candidate? And is is there something she could have done in the beginning to kind of make her, her journey a little bit easier in terms of finding this individual? Well, so when you're a company of one, doubling in size is critical um, because you've you've grown by twice. The second element is that this person most likely will become a leader uh, within the organization, has to be extremely driven and visionary. Uh, Most people fall in love with a nice person that they're interviewing, that in their mind meet the, the innate characteristics that they're looking for. Um, but they're not always thinking strategically or critically about what the company is needing. And being choosy is is really key, especially for launching a company. I mean, HP uh, were two individuals that really didn't know what they were going to develop in the garage when they made the company. But they were two extremely talented people that together they were able to balance each other and grow. So between skill and behavior, they were able to do it. If you take a look at Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak with Apple, one needed the other to be able to do it, but you had to be able to find that right chemistry and someone willing to have a can-do passionate attitude. So the idea is taking a year, I'd say for a really key role, it might take six months on an average. So a year is probably on the long side, mm-hmm. but this is probably the most important hire to deal with. Uh, I was going to say that I think the angel investor uh, would 100% agree with you. I mean, that's why they said, hey, you have to get a tech team and we're going to vet them. Like it, it has to be good because they know that that's probably make or break, especially with this girl not necessarily having this the this that technical skill set so she she did run a successful company with with similar background leading up to uh to to this meeting with the angel investor um and she had ran that for three years which which gave, gave her some background and experience but but yeah i agree with you with this critical of a hire i think this hire was make or break for this business so the the idea of silicon valley or uh, in austin or in boston massachusetts in the technology circle there's gatherings of individuals that cluster together because that's a kind of a uh, a pool of talent that people can rob by uh, people are always networking and and looking on how to leverage their skills and a lot of money's made on good startups, but you have to be choosy as an employee. So you have to want to attract the right individuals. You have to really be a great networker. Uh, It's not something you really put on Indeed. This is more about relationships and getting out there because you're trying to find the right chemistry and the right talent. On LinkedIn, you might be able to identify some of those individuals in the geographical area or 
close to where you are so that you can go out and meet and talk to them. But this is in part of a sales pitch because a startup is an extreme high risk for any employee that joins it. Um, and so this individual's got to have the the grit, uh, the tenacity, um, yeah, steadfastness to be able to weather the ups and the downs and the funds and the the, the scary ride that a startup has. No, that 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 makes perfect sense to me. And so, what one question that that I would uh, probe to you here is, yes, there was one point four million dollars on the line, and and this this girl was forced to, hey, you got to get a good tech team. Uh, at, at what is it? Just startups that this would apply to, uh, or or I guess hiring for any any you know CFO position or, or any key core position really you you want to do the same thing any size of business because even though one is high risk they're they're both there there's a lot of risk going into the leadership that that uh, individual would bring would, would you agree with that yeah it's uh it, the when hiring for the the c-suite um or even if you're a small business that you're number one or two in charge uh you want to make absolutely sure and most hires in those arena are actually done through a network that you know. Um, if you have not really been good at networking in your industry or people in that field, that's when you go out and find a headhunter or a recruiter to go out and help you. Um, but ideally, if this is your industry and you're an expert on the topic that you're developing, you probably already have a handful of individuals that might know a handful of individuals that might work. Yeah, and so that angel investor did did drop like a few names, and I, I think they were helping with some of the connections. So, um, and we'll, we'll move on to to the next question and diving into this company a little bit more after this question. But for example, you know, I my digital marketing company it's growing. Um, I'm in small market Kansas City and medium-sized market Kansas City. <laughs> small market uh, compared to the big cities. Anyway. Um, Kansas I, City's pretty big at this point. Well, uh, the, uh, a friend of mine who's in sales was, was naming off, um, we were talking about the, the NFL, and we were talking about how Kansas City is a small market team compared to like some of the bigger ones. And so that, that's, where, that's where my comment comes from. Anyway, so let, let's say you're probably one of the individuals that, you know, I've brushed shoulders with that I could probably go and ask and I could find connections if I wanted to find good talent. Um, but let's say I didn't know you or I just feel stuck in, in my business. I know you said you can go find a headhunter. But maybe you think that even is too big of a risk, and um, and it, is that just complacency there, or or uh, a headhunter is is extremely expensive. They'll uh, the cheapest, you know, are about ten uh, percent of someone's wages to as much as thirty to forty percent of that end of an annual wage to find that kind of a person. Mm -hmm. Now, if you hire the right person, that's probably a drop in the bucket. What right. that person will do for you, mm -hmm. um, but you know, the, to me, is if you're in a startup or expansion, part of a job 
is for you to go out and start finding, going to workshops, seminars, uh, network gathering opportunities to do it. I mean, LinkedIn, the good thing is most professionals are on LinkedIn. Um, and it's not uh, uh, it's not been abused uh, and you don't get bombarded like a lot of companies yet, uh, like on Instagram or Facebook with a lot of junk. Basically, you're still a lot of control. Um, are you talking in the feed or in my messages? Because my messages are bombarded with with well, so what I'm what I'm saying is is that I'm able to identify yet I get 230 I guess emails a day a lot of them are derivatives of LinkedIn yeah uh, and people that found me and I get that and I am sharing my email address uh, to be discovered because I do get leads from that and that's kind of just a a, a part of it but I guess it's still quality is what I'm saying. I'm I'm truly getting professionals. And a lot of times I can find out their title uh, where it's hard, like on Facebook or Twitter to find someone's real title. People are really who they are on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn has a good tool that allows you to sort and identify and network you might want to argue with me. You seem like you do. Uh, no, I, I, it's, it's just what, what one example that kind of contradicts what you were saying. So I, I work with um, uh, a company that sells franchises, and I, I was sitting in on on uh, a day where a prospective applicant was coming in, and we sat down, and this this woman talked herself up, and we w- later went, and it sounded like she owned the company, and she had all this money. Um, and we, we revealed a little bit later on that, um, uh, cause she had to submit some financials because she was interested in purchasing the, the franchise and her credit score was not good. And then you look her up on LinkedIn and she's like, she's not quite at the role that she was saying that she was, uh, she did say that like family owned the business. So maybe she was elevating, uh, her, her status there and, and, and trying to, uh, to. Well, so, so what, to me, it sounds like you used LinkedIn to help vet the person based yes. on how she said it. Yes. So yes. that to me is actually so, not contradicting. It's supporting. Correct. Yeah. Because, because LinkedIn was probably correct. And she was, she was uh, maybe deceiving um, us. Anyway, no, you, you're right. So that that wouldn't contradict, but uh, it, it would support what you were saying. Anyway, so so, so I, well, I mean, I'm going to segue. I have somebody that's working in animation. They're looking for trademark, uh, uh, trademarking their images uh, and uh, their characters, and so there were ultimately strategically uh, wanting to find the right law firm to, to help them. We can hire a lot of people to do trademarks, but the right law firm might be able to connect them to a potential individual that might want to license their their animations. And so understanding critically uh, the role of anyone, be it an advisor or an employee, their Rolodex is also another part of who you're looking to hire. Who do they know? Because the, the, the their network is also what you're inviting to the table. Yep. It's not just the behavior and not just the skill, 
but it's also their network, which is critical. I mean, I think Bill Gates put out that he always looked to hire somebody that is where he wants to go, that somebody that's already been there so that he could, in a sense, this person knows how they went from here to here. But once they got to that level, he hired the next person to get them to the next stage. This is actually a really funny joke I saw a few years back having to do with Bill Gates and exactly what you said. But there was this individual and he he was uh, about the age of Bill Gates's daughter and he he found her uh, attractive and and was like hey uh one i'd i'd like to marry her but there's no way i could marry her without the approval of her father and i probably wouldn't be able to get the approval of her father if i didn't have like the connections that i needed and so then he went to a large bank and he said hey i'm marrying bill gates daughter would you give me this high paying job they're like you're marrying bill gates daughter he's like yes they're like oh yes and then he went to bill gates's uh bill gates and he said hey i am of this position at this bank uh could i marry your daughter he's like oh you you have that position at that bank of course and so he went from nothing to now he's got the, the connection the girl and 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 now he's oh is he actually marrying bill no, gates this, daughter this, this is a joke this is a joke it's, oh it's, it's i was like wow well, that <laughs> it sounded like he frauded his way you know faked no. his way there well yeah it and and you know I I think some of the the name game uh, w- when I talk to some people and they're like hey I know so and so there's a certain bit that that may maybe uh, a, not me but I'm I'm saying when you talk to other people like when we spoke with this lady some people elevate uh, s- some of their their statuses to try to in increase you, the, the key is not to name drop but to illustrate your background and your network that how you can leverage not just what you know but who you know to help advance the company. Yeah. No, I I think that's good. Okay. Getting back on track here. So she's made her hire uh, and they, it took her about a year to do that. And now working with this hire, they've hired on say 23 other employees, engineers, designers, uh, product managers, and they're developing a suite of services online uh, in the cloud where individuals can go and create this marketing content. And over the course of that year, they've garnered 750,000 users. And they're not really making money yet because their product is completely free. Um, So my question to you, at this stage, knowing what you know about this company, is is this strategy of uh, of completely lost leaders trying to uh, get get some market share through lost leaders, and so their competitors would be other other uh, companies that that allow people to make this marketing content. So uh, some of the players back in in 2014, you know, you've got Adobe, um, you've got. Uh, I, I really don't know many of the other ones. Um, do, do you know other, in 2014, other big companies where you could go and edit graphics? I The only one that comes to mind is Adobe for me. I mean, there there's uh, there were some free versions and there still are. Yeah, there's, um, uh, there's tons that, of that are out there that people can use, right? Um, that are They're not bad. And I even used them once upon a time just to see if they were good enough to use. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the power that that really Adobe and their suite had. Right. And and let me explain to you a little bit of what this this company, how, how they were um, kind of separating themselves from these imitators of Adobe Photoshop or Illustrator uh, and and Adobe themselves. 
Um, so they wanted to create something. By, by the way, thanks for giving me a hint, because uh, before I had no idea it was even in the graphics realm. So keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you take a guess uh, at, at the end. Um, so their goal was to make it simple because lo looking at Photoshop and trying to learn it, and I, I've tried to you know fidget around and build something quickly with Photoshop, and I've downloaded other uh, imitator programs, and they're also difficult to use. And just for like what I'm trying to do, making simple graphics and 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 trying to make stuff a little bit quicker, especially my company. And I literally just started using this online tool that's been around since two. And so this tells you they're still around uh, since 2014. I just made it a core part of of my business and and how we're going to develop content. And I'm trying to push our team away from using Photoshop or Illustrator. Um, because the that the the collaboration on on this tool is just it's it's awesome and then it's also very simple to use and again we're just we're trying to make simple designs my question to you is at this stage of 750,000 uh users in 2014 what would you recommend that they do to continue to gain market share in this space and then at what point would you uh push for profitability. And one of the big things that I think made them successful was um, when when they did push for profitability, how much they were charging. So I'm, I'm going to go back to the very beginning. When you have a company, most owners should know that they, they may not know, but they should know what their exit strategy is, meaning what are you going to do? What's the purpose of building the company? Yeah, maybe to provide a product or a graphic-based service because uh, you're trying to fill a niche. Great. But the key is, is where's payday? So sometimes what you want to do is act and walk and, and be a deck that might want to get bought. Uh, you might want to go public. You might have to amass enough groundswell of users because your, your IP or your intellectual property is maybe your clientele that you can sell the database with or cross market all these other products or leverage like Google did, you know, just to be ranked. So there's there's so many different strategies that the individual needs to have, but sometimes you have to amass enough of a base to be able to convert into to, uh, a profitable model. But my guess is at this point, they already knew what they were doing. They weren't just going to offer for free. So from a strategy standpoint, you know, I guess what I would be asking, are we on track? Are we headed in the right direction to hit our goals? Because we have a burn rate, meaning how much money are we consuming every day, every month? And based on the funding that we have um, and towards the goal, are we able to make it? Or do we need to have multiple rounds of funding to be able to get there? But uh, to me, from a strategy standpoint, a profitable model, because if they have 750,000, their gameplay is obviously uh, getting a, a groundswell of people that are habitually using their product. So it's easier to convert them into a fee base. Um, because at that point, if even if it's a dollar a month by each person, that's already a huge amount of revenue that they're getting from nothing. No, I, I, I that, that makes perfect sense to me. So uh, it, it sounds like you don't necessarily want to answer the question on 
because you wouldn't know their background on, hey, what the exit strategy is, what at what point would we be uh, profitable? Um, and so are, are you telling me you don't want to answer those because you have a lack of, of basis? Well, there's, there's not enough context. I mean, I could arbitrarily, I mean, if I'm an angel investor, the risk is the longer longer break even is away from today, the greater the risk. Right. So if I can figure out a way to uh, get cash flowing sooner, there's less of a burn rate. So the risk is greatly reduced. Right. So I have to have great confidence in our strategy or our exit plan or our way to convert to a profitable model. Those numbers and those metrics have to be all green. I need to know what my leading indicators are. And if those are all good, then I'd say par for the course. But if we're running out of cash, uh, I had a in, uh, an internet company that I was working with. They were doing online auctions. And their original model was to partner with the, some large big box companies and liquidate their, their surplus items. Um, but when they had that, this was a long-term play to, gray, to gain this huge groundswell. Well, a couple of their big box stores pulled out. And so they had to immediately reinvent themselves because their venture funding then also pulled out. And so they had roughly 90 days to get the profitability. And they did. But it was like all hands on deck. You know, we're going 120 miles an hour in one direction. And they had to hit full reverse and go a totally different direction. Luckily, they had the infrastructure that they were able to do it. And they're very successful today with this new direction. But it's because I, of the people they amassed. I, I know the company you're talking about. I sold my car through them. Um, <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, um, my lemon car. Um, anyway, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I did. Not you know sold that. it not to them, but through them. Co correct. Uh, yeah, and I, I like their their business model, at least, uh, especially from a seller. And I've used uh, applications much like theirs that uh, kind of are filling the gap. Well, I, I feel like their business, and not to get too far off topic, but their business was probably just a little bit early to the game because right now with the massive refunds on these big box stores like Amazon, there's, uh, I can't remember what- Well, they, they, had, they had a lot of these uh, contracts already in hand. They were already having these big box stores and they were having good success. But what happened is the big box stores felt that they could liquidate some of their items on their own yeah. for more money. And so the big box stores changed their strategy, which caused this individual to lose uh, to do an about face because they were going to lose their contract. Yeah. So uh, and this was the stat I was trying to find. Uh, a National Retail Federation survey found a record $761 billion of merchandise was returned to retailers in 2021. And so this is where I was saying, I think they were a little bit early to the game because 
there, there's hundreds and hundreds of companies like them popping up. Not to get too far off of the Canva topic, but that was just an astounding number that I was like, oh, I. So, so let's talk about their model now that you let it slip. How did how much are they charging for their product now? It's more of a, a reoccurring annual fee, is it not? Yes, yeah, so you can do a monthly or an annual fee. Uh, they might even have a two year fee. Um, their basic one, uh, so it's called Canva Pro that they reinvented it. There's still a free version, and most people are on the free version, but Canva Pro allows you access to millions of extra uh, free stock photos. So my company was using Shutterstock before, uh, in addition to some other platforms, but Canva replaced that. I was using some uh, social media scheduling tools before, and Canva has replaced that. They schedule the the posts as well, so I can do it all from within. You can so also- what the, what they had to do is make it advantageous for people to give up that their their programs that they were using and opt for the free one. Most people know that if there's a free version out there, that it's probably not going to stay free. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's there's going to be a change at some point because you can't stay in business just giving away the world. Unless you're giving up something, something of value, be it a name, be it a use. But if it's an online software, a SaaS model, software as a service, which they are, um, then what they're going to have to do is charge a product fee. And they're all cloud-based, which means that if you have a subscription, you can log in on any terminal or computer that you have web access with. Yeah. So... Uh, I mean, that that makes sense. And it's very, very, very common where people, because they had to get you hooked, familiar and loyal to them to then be able to convert the product over. Yep. Yep. And uh, the, the, and I just looked up the pricing right here. So yeah, there's still a free model. Um, and it says it will always be free because that was one of the founders things is, hey, we're not going to force anyone to out of what they were doing before. Uh, you 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 still get access to tons of free templates. I use their templates all the time. You still get access to the free photos and graphics with that. Um, but then you can pay for an individual. It's $120 a year for one person for Canva Pro, or it's $150 a year for Canva Teams for the first five people. And then I think it's a tiered pricing if your company's bigger than that. Which, so from I, a pricing standpoint, that's a fraction of what you would pay yeah. for Dolby. Uh, and so yeah. their, their, their model is convenient and they're throwing in extra things to separate or strategically compete. Yep. Not only did they get you based on their pricing model, but now they're getting you with their differentiators to solve a problem that everyone in graphics needs stock photos and not everyone has a photographer or, uh, you know, B-roll on hand. Yep. No, that, that that's exactly right. And uh, I was looking in, in research with their company. They've made a number of acquisitions in the past few years to edit videos uh, to uh, to to buy even more stock photos, and and these have just made made their application better. And I don't think they they've raised their price. Um, in 2019, which is when I saw the interview, they had um, they reached profitability in 2017, so three years after the point in time that we began talking about. Um, and I think they did that. Um, I think they had 290,000 paid members on there. And then in 2019, they had 500,000 paid members on there. 
and and they've just continued to grow. Um, I think so. So the 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 big issue is with individuals like that. the The strategy is how do we amass enough users to warrant the burn rate because they had to invest and raise capital to afford to pay for all this talent marketing uh, for all those years until they broke even. And that's the reason why when you hear about venture funding uh, in multiple rounds of funding, that this kind of a business play requires a very strong strategic plan. And they probably knew that from the very, very beginning. Yeah. So, uh, which is kind of going back to my comments that you were you were giving me. Yeah. Or the yeah. questions I was asking you. Yeah. And so I... I, I for the for this first one, I, I was trying to find a company that there was like a a point in in the business where like there was a pivotal decision and they had to make. Um, and I I had already done so much research on Canva, I was like, let's just go with it. But it was funny because in the interview, the interviewer literally asked them that. They're like, was there like a breaking point where they're like, hey, we're gonna make it? And this girl was just like, no, we we just we've just been this solid exponential curve like the whole time. So. It just it, was, it like worked out perfectly for them. Um, do you know? And that's much- unusual. <laughs> it is. It is very unusual. And this is like one of the fastest growing companies in recent history. Guess what their valuation is as of today? And I was trying to figure out if they were a publicly traded company, and I do not think they. Well, so I would say they're probably close to a twenty multiple of uh, revenue. Um, so their revenue this last year's what? Um, let me look at. And twenty may be even a lot lower, but if it's privately they made $1 held, one billion dollars in revenue um, in yeah in twenty twenty one. Oh, I'm I'm just gonna guess twenty billion then. They, they're worth sixty, or it says yeah they're worth sixty billion dollars right now. Last year they were valued at forty billion, which is which is good. Um, that was based on last year's estimate, but this year they're worth sixty billion. So they grew by 50% in terms of their value in just one year. So so from a from a strategy standpoint and a valuation standpoint, uh, contracts and the percentage of renewals year over year allows individuals to be able to invest in a product or a company with a predictable revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the reason why SaaS or software as a service under contract, if you get a year, multiple year contract, people feel a lot safer and that's the multiple or what they're willing to pay for. The company goes up substantially because you're reducing risk. Right. No, that 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 makes sense to me. Um, no, I, I I thought this was very interesting to, to look into it. It's not necessarily the what I want every episode to to be, uh, I'd prefer there to be a problem that you, you got to crunch down. But I, I think it generated a lot of uh, interesting and hopefully entertaining discussion. Well, um, not just entertaining, but informative. Well, ideally, we want to help individuals grow. Yeah, yeah. I, it's interesting, informative. and Okay, there you go. There you go. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I, I I thought that was crazy. And I, I think uh, this woman is like one of the youngest female billionaires uh, ever. And she's self-made. So it's... it's, it's well, crazy. and as you, you described her naive, but the that a critical hire, going back to that first question, 
understanding someone that is a critical systems thinker with a passion to solve the problem, to serve the customer is key. Yep, absolutely. Uh, just a few final notes on Canvas. So uh, I said, are they publicly traded? They are not, and they don't have intention to be. So they reached that valuation through external investors and, and internal value growth. Um, so, so they still probably have an exit strategy. It's not just to to make a ton of money. My guess is eventually they'll be bought or they will start buying other companies. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like a Pac-Man theory, eat or be eaten. Yeah. So uh, the and the the owner or the founders, they've already pledged most of their wealth away because they're like, I, I don't need this lifestyle. Like <laughs> um, that, that they just wanted to make a tool and it worked and, and they're, they're set. And um, she sounded pretty behind uh, Canvas. So I, I think they'll probably eat if, if I had to predict the, the future rather than be eaten. Yeah, I mean, when, when you start amassing wealth, then the key is how do you diversify your revenue stream uh, for and, and or leverage when companies um, go on sale during a recession and they're struggling, but their product is good? That's a great time to do roll-ups or purchases, mm -hmm. acquisitions, mergers. Yeah. No, that, that that makes sense. And we might be heading toward that very soon. So we'll see some movement. <laughs> um, well, so if if people want to have us uh, throw out a problem, I guess they could email us and suggest stories or things where we could dive into it. I think that would be fun. Or um, I guess next time I'll come up with one for you, Jordan, yeah. and try to stump you. Uh, to try to figure it out. To each other, but... Well, but it's it's nice to, from a dialogue standpoint, but I mean, I don't want to give or leak out the company's name too early. Hey, I, I, I went for a good 40 minutes without saying it. So, <laughs> um, so I, I, I will tell you my, my strategy and, and how I was looking it up and you can do it however you want. But I, I looked at case studies um, on Google Scholar and I, I was I was trying to find uh, lessons learned as, as a keyword that I was trying to use. And I was trying to go back and find um, just case studies or white papers that people had written. But I have a few back have, here. Yeah, you, you, you have a plethora back there. Um, yeah, so that, that was that was kind of my strategy. I think I landed on Canva after um, I really didn't find any good white papers or any white papers on Canva. There was nothing. I, I went to 2014, looked up Canva, nothing. So we'll see what you can. And it should be a, a name of that people um, either yeah. know or probably will know. Yeah. And, and uh, I imagine I'll have a thumbnail to this video uh, or podcast if you're listening on, on your uh, headphones or speakers, whatever. Anyway, do you, and, do you and, link to this? Yeah, well, and, the, and I think I think the thumbnail picture will be the, the picture of the company. So uh, they won't be necessarily guessing with you that they'll just know it'll be like a criminal minds episode. I know you haven't seen that show, but you know who the murderer is, but then you got you, you get to watch them I, put it together. Then you watch them put it together. Got it. Yeah. 
All right, Dad. Well, uh, thank you for uh, joining me today. And everyone, thank you for listening to Talking of Business. I hope you enjoy this new format. I, it will continue to evolve. And uh, I'm saying this now, but I, I hope to launch this with a few episodes in at least 10 in, in consecutive weeks. So um, I'm, I'm going to try to commit to that. And my dad will as well. I'm I'm speaking for him now. Anyway, so we we hope you enjoy this series of ten episodes. And if you do drop us something to go over, uh, we'll probably hit it in the the next series of episodes, um, similar format. But yeah, definitely drop that if you're interested. Anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. This has been Jordan Disberger and Russell Disberger. All right, bye guys. Bye.